This is Danny Jolkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome into episode 66 of the Level Flight Podcast. And if you're hearing this, it's on a Tuesday, which is different for us. We released a new schedule. We'll be releasing two episodes a week going forward, one on Tuesday and our regular recording on Thursday morning. I've got Brian and Elliot here. Guys, how are we doing? Doing great. Excited for the weeks ahead. Um, now it's you know, full speed ahead till the end of the season. And uh, yeah, we figured this was a great time for us to start up in the content. Um, and it just kind of works out too, where uh, we got a lot of good feedback on the shorter episode, especially with the uh, the Monahan trade uh, breakdown. So yeah. it seems like a perfect time for us to just like dive right into, uh, you know, these a bit more condensed episodes, looking somewhere between 15 and 25 minutes, um, depending on because there's some weeks that we there's just not a lot to talk about. Like, let's be real. Um, so yeah, this this will be a, a great opportunity for us to put out more content that's a bit easier to digest. Yeah, I'm super excited to be back. It's been a little bit. I've been away. Um, and uh, no, I'm super excited for this uh, new schedule too, because I think it allows us to not have to skip over stuff because it's been a week. It'll be like, okay, with Max, it's been a couple days. So it still gives us a chance to not really miss anything. And uh, you guys get more stuff. So I think it's a win-win for everybody. Um, and I'm excited for that first live stream. We haven't done one since last year at the trade deadline. So and that was a lot of fun. So I'm excited yeah. for that to come along every week and for us to interact with everybody. Yeah, that's definitely going to be new for us. We're going to need a few weeks to to really get it going and and ultimately perfect it. Um, but I'm excited to do it as well. And yeah, here we are, Tuesday mornings. Look at that. Um, great to be here. I, like Brian said, looking to be under 30 minutes, maybe in that 15 to 25 range most episodes, which like Brian said, everyone's been hammering for, everyone loves it. So let's do it. Let's give the people what they want. Shorter episodes, but more of them. Let's do it. Um, the Jets, the last time we talked, they were about to play Philly. We know how that game went. They stunk it up in the first period, went down 3 nothing early, went down 4 nothing early in the second period, and then scored a late goal, ended up losing 4-1. Um, and then changes were made. The lineup changes, you know, the top six – Talked about it on last week's episode, Ehlers. We wanted to see him bumped up. He was, and the results were immediately there. Nikolai Ehlers to Mark Scheifele in the first period. They scored, and they ultimately went on to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 2-1. What do you guys think of the line changes? Brian, I'll start with you. The Ehlers being moved up, I know we're all big fans of it, but how do you think it worked in that Pittsburgh game, and did you like the way the Jets played on Saturday night? I think the thing that, for me, has always been something that I've been waiting for coaches to kind of pick up on that when Ehlers is on the top line, that's when Shifley looks his best. They have such incredible chemistry that we have been able to see, you know, for a longer period of time this year, because for years we've been, you know, deprived of it um, because either it was, you know, an issue where Kyle Connor took him off the top line, then it was Blake Wheeler. And you're, 
now seeing like that that setup on their two on one goal was just a thing of beauty. And yeah. like I saw, but that top line alone had like three or four odd man rushes. Like their transition was great. Um, I thought I thought they uh, th that lineup was really good. The unfortunate part of it was though that uh, clearly the game that Gabe Velarde had in Philly rubbed the coaching staff the wrong way because not only was he dropped off the top line, he became he he put himself into the Cole Perfetti role, which is we're not going to play you in the third period when things are close. Um, yeah, which is nuts, and it's because of that yeah. first goal, like Philly's first goal. Like I said, they the back check was there like I, no issues with the back check. He's step for step with the guy. And then both of his, both players get to the crease Velarde and the flyers player and Velarde just kind of drifts away. And it's like, okay, you do all the work to back check and be in the right spot. And just then he just the drifts away. Yeah. Yeah. And he, like you said, he got demoted to the fourth line in that game. And then in the Pittsburgh game, Perfetti Baron and Velarde, they were the victims of a short bench. Uh, Monaghan was put with Ayafalo and Nemesikov is like a defensive specialist line that Rick Bonus said in the post game he really liked. I think they're going to start doing that going forward, and it's it really interesting because we've known Gabriel Vlerdi to be a good defender, and that was like one bad play and like visibly bad play. Like I'm not excusing the play; it was it was bad, but like now he's just being demoted in the third late in third periods that that's going to be there's such it's, weird it's, selective like short yeah. leashes for guys that yeah. i i don't quite understand where Villardi has been outstanding for most of the season and he then, has been bad as of late Since, i mean like, as of late yeah, yeah. It's, it's slowed down for guys who probably deserve to be uh you know yeah. pushed somewhere down it just it's weird that randomly it'll be like that's certain things are just rick bonus's final straw and says listen you're a, now a fourth liner for the rest of this game and yeah. also Morgan Barron was the guy that would jump up for Cole Perfetti when yeah. Perfetti was the guy getting benched. Now Barron joined Perfetti and Velarde. Yeah. I, I I don't get it. But Elliot, your thoughts on the Pittsburgh game and the, the lineup changes in the top six? I think the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh game was great. I think you get back to what you're best at. Like the Jets, I think this is where the Jets want to be. They want to be ahead of teams. They're not a team that's very good at chasing. We've seen them chase but rarely do they actually win a game that they're chasing. The Jets have been much better at holding a lead and keeping an advantage rather than trying to get back at a team. So for them to get the first goal, I think was big for them. Um, and that first line was just like from the jump. Like I, I was coming from a Winnipeg wild game uh, doing their broadcast stuff. And I was on my way home and I'm listening to the game on the radio. And like within what the first 15, there was a Shifley had a chance to shoot and whatever, like not going to get in on into that because that could be a whole different discussion. But I think just from initially right. the jump right away, them having an exchange, the exchange between Ehlers and Shifley and them having a chance right away signified to me that, okay, this, this is, this is the game we're going to have. The first line is going to be rolling. They're going to do their thing. They're going to generate a bunch of offense and hopefully something comes of it. Um, I, I will say that Rick Bonus's comment about somebody asking them that, you know, how do you think they were playing tonight? And he goes, oh, they were flying. I, I've never seen them like that. What What do you mean you've never seen them like that? Every time, every game that they were together, they looked like that. I don't, I, I, it's, I, it's not that I'm trying to say that Rick Bonus doesn't always see some things, but it, it feels like he's sometimes like how Brian said he's selective in when he has a certain leash. I think sometimes he's selective in what he sees at times in certain guys. Because it really feels like sometimes he doesn't see this chemistry that for I, I really don't know where it's come from that Ehlers and 
uh, Shifley have. Because it's not like they've played together on the line for years and this is a recent change. They don't play very often, yeah. like ever, right? And so, yeah. but for them to have this chemistry and then for him to go, oh, wow, they were flying. I, I was so surprised. I was. I looked at my phone and had to do a double check and go, what do you mean? <laughs> Every game that they were together when Kyle Connor was hurt, you know, like, but I, I, I understand that I, it, I hate that it took the Philly game for them to make a change. And Mike McIntyre of the free press had said, you know, like, when are you going to go back to that line? And bonus said, Oh, well, when we need to, well, it only took a game because they, <laughs> yeah, it, it took four, uh, three goals and a shorthanded goal to start the second period in the flyers game for him to go. All right, that's enough, which I think the jets actually looked better from then on. Once he changed the lines back to Ehlers on the top line, not the whole Perfetti and Velarde thing, I must say, but, that's a whole different discussion, but yeah, well, I thought the Jets were we, good against the Pens. Well, yeah, we can talk about that. The, the second line as well with Monahan in the middle. I just to wrap up that point, it felt like Cal Connor was like the third wheel on that line. Uh, Ehlers and Shifley were just dancing, and it was it was fun to watch because they clearly have chemistry. And uh, yeah, I mean, I I get it. Like they wanted Connor Shifley Velarde to work, and those guys have been hurt. So I get like giving them a few games, like in hindsight, like in the moment, you want to give it a good Philly, chance. Yes. Yes. In hindsight, looking back on it, like in the moment, like during the Philly game, it was like, how are they not switching the lines right now? It's like mind boggling, but like in hindsight, it's like, all right, Connor, Sheffield, Vlade have all been hurt this year. They wanted to give it a few games. Okay. And it resulted in a five game losing streak. And that's, that's their, that's the consequence. And they, they made a change now. Um, and I think they're going to, pick right up where they left off before the five game losing streak and just go back on a roll. If Ehlers stays on the top line, let's go on to the second line uh, in the middle of it. Sean Monahan. What do we think about his first three games as a jet? I will say just visually eye test wise. I think he's been better each and every game. This last game against Pittsburgh, he had Perfetti and Velarde on his line, a slower line in terms of foot speed, but I actually thought like, they're moving at the same pace. So it doesn't really matter. Like there are times where off the rush, they're going to get backtracked, but that's going to happen. And if they can cycle the puck, then it doesn't really matter. What have you guys thought of Sean Monahan's first three games as a, as a Winnipeg jet, Brian? I think you're dead on where you said he just looks a little bit better each game. I think he's getting more comfortable. Um, there's still like some little things where, you can tell that he's still trying to sort of acquaint himself with how the rest of the team plays where um, maybe there's a, a bad turn or some sort of pass that misses where it's like, maybe he's a little a step or so behind, but I'd say like in the, like each game you see less and less of that. Um, yeah. I, th I think he's been fine. Like, I, I feel like I wasn't anticipating him to come in here and, you know, put up, you know, you know, five points in three games to, you know, kick it off. But like at some point or another, he's going to start producing, I think so. I'm content with what I've seen so far and I'm this little stretch run here is going to be key for him to really starting to sort of like, he's comfortable. Let's see him produce now. Yeah. I think just to continue your point, Brian, I think that this is why the jets picked him up before the deadline. He now, as everyone has talked about and we'll keep hammering at it, he has a more, a longer runway before the playoffs to get his stride, to figure out the systems I think the one thing that I've noticed, even in that first game against the Pens, was his vision. Like, he mm -hmm. is a passing wizard, not just on the power play. Like, he's set up a couple guys on the power play where, guys, it's it's the funny. It's like in basketball when 
someone you get new something new in your team and they and they're a playmaker and they see they see a pass that you're not used to seeing it goes yeah. right past you right past your shoulder and you go oh I wasn't even thinking that you're gonna pass that because I'm not used to that person or somebody else doing that it kind of ha- it's happened a couple times on the power play where he's had a nifty little pass into a tight window and whoever's been in the middle or whoever across the ice isn't ready for it because they're like, oh, I'm not expecting you to throw that because I didn't know you could do that, right? So I think him just being able to make these little passes and make these little moves and put the puck in certain spots for guys yeah. is huge. And for yeah, for a guy who like Filardi, who has been we've seen when he's on is really good around the net, where a guy like Mark Shifley or Cal Connor aren't the like Mark Shifley is a good passer, but he's not a pinpoint passer. I think when Velarde's standing in front of the net, we've seen a couple of times where he finally gets a pinpoint pass right to his stick and he's right in front and he smashes one home. I think mm-hmm. we're, we might see that a little bit more down the stretch with Monaghan being able to fit the puck into tighter windows and you know maybe put a little float on something to get it there. So I think him him being down the middle, yes, there's been a couple of growing pains, but I think there's been way more good so far than bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And... The the thing you mentioned there about his vision, I I totally agree, and I think that makes him a perfect fit with Cole Perfetti. They both just see the the game very well, and they can read off of one another. And Gabriel Velarde does too. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, not I, at, I, I, at level yeah. like it, he's he's more adept around the net, like you said. But um, they're three of the smartest forwards this team has. Like so, I, I think they'll work together, and I think that line should have a few games together as well. I think they will. Somebody just on that line needs to step up to score. Yeah, that's my only problem. Velarde, I think, is going to be fine. Like he hasn't scored in a long time, and he, he, the break maybe didn't help. But um, you also you keep him with Perfetti. Yeah, they're they're bound to produce. So it's also hard after he went on such a tear. You kind of have to get cold at some point. You can't get all the bounces. So at some point, the team as, as a whole. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, as a team as a whole, right? Yeah, but you can't you can't be putting up twelve points in four games and like that. That's an unbelievable right, right. pace that we're all sitting right. here, and I think we all said at some point on the show that's not going to happen. That's not going to continue. So he's he'll rebound at some point. It may not be again to that twelve points in four games, but if he can go like point per game or like half a point a game for the rest of the year, I think the Jets are just fine. Yeah, and we saw Nito Niederreiter in this game snap his 15 game goal drought there's Thank a goodness. lot of guys with goal droughts because the team wasn't scoring um so there's there's a lot of guys slumping but i think this this game wednesday against the sharks uh, is going to be a big one for breaking some of those droughts and getting a mm-hmm. getting a lot of goals in the net we know hockey games move fast but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet $5 on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY or 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-QUADRUPLE-7 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas... 
21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Um, One other piece of news, excuse me, one other piece of news today. On Monday at 1 o'clock, Dominic Toninato cleared waivers which opened up a roster spot. David Gustafson activated off of IR and he was loaned to the Moose for a conditioning stint. We've seen the Jets do this a few times now this year with Rasmus Kapari. Vili Hanala wasn't really a conditioning stint, but like he's he's down there still. Um, and we, we'll get into the Vili aspect of it. But just quickly, I do like the idea of getting Gustafson just down in the AHL, giving the Moose another top six forward to just roll with and getting his legs back, getting his hands back. He's been practicing a lot with the team, but again, you can't replicate game speed. Toninato clears waivers, so he's also on the Moose. The Moose are 5-1-1 one, and one in their last seven, and they're getting two top six AHL forwards uh, added into their lineup. So that's, you know, they could they could really go on a tear here and even make the playoffs. They're, they're not that far out of a playoff spot, even with how bad they, they started the year. But let's get into the Ville conversation because – Rick Bonus today was asked about, you know, when you sent Toninato down, was Hanala maybe an option? And he kind of said, you know, Hanala's not at the level that we had hoped. He's not at the training camp level. It's a pretty serious injury. He had a comment about it wouldn't be fair to bring him up and play him, which I disagree with. But I'll I'll let you guys take the first kind of uh, stab at this. The, Rick Bonus's Billy Hanala comments. I Again, Billy Hanala has got a lot of airtime on the Level Fight podcast in the, in the past. So maybe yeah. we don't need to go too, too long with this. But once again, Billy passed over. Logan Stanley's going to play in his third game. And then Brendan Dillon's going to return. Um, initial thoughts, Brian. It feels like we have the same conversation every year at this point. Chevy comes out, has a big conversation about why Billy's ready and internal upgrades and such and such. And then the coach just says, no, we don't believe he's ready. Let's play a guy who has played equally less games. Um, that's the thing. Like it's Billy has actually been playing. Stanley was sitting in the press box for like three months. Uh, and then the audacity for him, them to come out and say that he played well. Like, I'm sorry. Like we're, we're to a point now where I I'm losing hope that he's going to even get a shot. He's, been like he's he earned a spot early this year he's looked good with the moose i've been happy with what i've seen with i've been watching their games um i think he's he's up to speed like he's been playing there for what's been what 10 games now um i think he's up to speed there was this was the opportunity for them to bring him up and get him into nhl games which at this point is the only thing that's going to develop him playing a bunch of games to uh, you know, get back up to speed with the moose is doing nothing for his development, and uh, people are often under the misconception that defensemen take longer to develop. Um, I still think that whether you're forward or defenseman, the aging curve hits the same. If he's not getting meaningful minutes in the NHL this year, I really worry about where he's going to be next year, because also he was told you have to get you know come into this year the best you've ever been and you need to make this team out of camp. Otherwise you'll lose your spot. He made the team out of camp, got hurt. Uh, and now he's being told it's unfair to him to bring him up and put him into, you know, the middle of the season games. It just feels like once again, there's a disconnect between the coaching staff, the front office and Billy Hanela is suffering the consequences of it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Just before we get Elliot's thoughts, I do want to make a quick point on, I haven't talked to Dave Manouk of Illegal Curve, who covers the Manitoba Moose and has watched all of Villa Hanala's games since he's been down there. Uh, I am kind of holding out because I haven't watched a Moose game over the last 10. I, don't, I haven't seen how he looks, but there's a f- real possibility that he just doesn't look good. Like he, he had a major ankle surgery and injury and yeah, he's played 10 or 11 games down there, but there is a real, like, yes, he won the job in training camp. I'm not trying to make excuses for this Jets coaching staff. I agree with what you said, Brian. I, I think he should have got at least one of these games, if not two of them. Um, but there's a real possibility that he's just not playing well in the AHL. And I mean, he's it, been, it might he's take been him- moving fine. I've watched like five games since he's been down there. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I did re up my subscription with, uh, the AHL TV. <laughs> there you go. Um, and just because I'm like, at this point in the year, I just want to see how guys are doing. Um, mm-hmm. and th- I saw exactly what you want to see from him where he's, he's moving well. Um, I find that, you know, his skating is always going to be his strength. And especially with, uh, his, his skating combined with his first pass, mm-hmm. that's what I think really impressed the coaching staff in, um, in training camp this year and in the preseason. And it looked like that. Um, and I honestly think that part of the issue is he is, I mean, a lot of that defensive group with the most this year is fighting it. They are <laughs> not good. And it felt like a lot of the times he was trying to do more than it was necessary, like necessarily possible because it felt like he was trying to create because no one else could. So maybe they're looking at that and they see some risky passes and they say, oh, he's just he's forcing it. I think it's just because uh, he's trying to get the team into it. <laughs> just from what yeah, I saw. Yeah. yeah. I just to quickly wrap this up. Uh, I think the biggest thing, the the funniest part of all of this is as Logan Stanley took a penalty the other night, Philly Hainwell scored a goal at the exact same point. <laughs> Like, I, I'm not even joking. I believe Dave Manuk tweeted, while well, Logan Stanley has just been gotten called for a holding call or whatever, look at this Billy Hainel, a goal that he just scored. I think that is the biggest, like, are you, are we, is this what we're really doing sort of thing? Um, but I, I really do believe that Billy is ready to go. I don't think that there's any point um, in waiting, but I, I don't want to call Rick Bonus hypocritical. But he did say when Vili was going to be ready to come back, he was going to give Vili the opportunity to keep his job. By sending him down to the Moose and essentially yeah. exiling him. He's I not playing this year unless a... multiple people get hurt. The, and, that and was before they acquired thing. Monaghan. Honestly, like now they have Monaghan and they don't have roster spots to bring him up. Like Which... unless you want to wave a Kapari or a Gustafson, I guess. Like Gustafson, I guess, is expendable on waivers, but I don't, well, there, there, I, mean, I don't know. There is another defenseman on that team that is waivable. You can wave Stanley, want, yeah. They, but they don't want to do that. And I think that's the biggest thing. You, I don't you think have he clears. To, you don't think he clears. I don't think Logan Stanley clears. Well, no, I, I, I think they would hold him because he could get an asset at the deadline. I think they're going I, to I, I think he clears 25 times over. Like, I really I think that they could call him up, send him down for 25 days straight, and he'd still clear it. It would be better for the Jets if he gets claimed. There's no way he passes through six, seven defenseman who's still like what? 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah. He gets, no, I'm not even going to get into that discourse, but he gets to, to quickly finish my point here about that all. 
Um, I think it's being a little hypocritical from Rick Bonus to not at least give him a shot. Fine, if he doesn't look good after his like do his conditioning stint, play the couple games. If he doesn't look good, then fine, send him down the moose, get him more games until he's fully ready. But if he's ready to go, play the man. His ceiling. I'm gonna. This is again. I hate bringing it to another sport here, but. People talk about it in college basketball all the time. I know it's completely different, but Billy's around that We've same age. This. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, but it, it, it's true. It rings true in this sense. You look at Connor, your favorite team is Kentucky. You look at how John Calipari coaches his team. He plays a lot of freshmen the entire year. The upperclassmen don't get the upper hand on his team. He takes the team with the higher ceiling. Who's the player that the Jets have that is the higher ceiling? Not Logan Stanley. It's it's Billy Hangel. Yeah. Yeah. So in my mind, if you want to make sure that you give him his highest ceiling possible at some point when he reaches his peak, he needs minutes. So if you're going to sit him for the quote unquote upperclassman that has already reached his peak and isn't going to get better, you are losing out on all the untapped potential and the actual player who has the highest ceiling. Yeah. And we haven't seen that from Villian. and we might not this year. Like Brian said, I, I don't even know. I think we, gonna, like, we may never see Unless it. there's injuries. Um, well, next year he won't be waivers exempt. So theoretically, he's going to have to be on the roster, or maybe he's a part of a, a trade at the deadline here. If they, it just doesn't feel like he's going to get traded with how Chevy talks about him. Yeah, because Chevy. Yeah, there's got, and uh, that's the other. Well, thing. definitely three years in a row. That. Yeah, he keeps. We're going to play Billy Hanala. But... No, no. <laughs> um, all right, oh yeah, that's there. It is twenty-four and a half minutes approaching. Um, yep. nice shorter episode got a lot in in that time Sean Monahan, some line combinations the seventh defenseman discourse will always remain one of my favorites um, but it needed to be talked about because it might um, change if they the did make another defenseman but it might it might it might um, that's going to do it from us episode 66 once again schedule is changing you'll be hearing this on a Tuesday morning that's new for us we're going to be releasing Thursday morning as well that is as normal but it's going to be shorter just like this episode 25 minute range kind of it's just splitting our regular recordings in two for the week going two episodes of 25 ish minutes rather than one that approaches an hour a lot of people like the shorter stuff so we're going to be doing that make sure you check out our socials at level flight wpg for episode 67 on thursday we'll be breaking down logan stanley's performance on wednesday night episode 67 the logan stanley episode so come back for that and then this sunday i think we're going to be live streaming we want to do that every Sunday. We haven't worked out the logistics of what time, but stay tuned to our socials. Maybe we'll ask we'll on Twitter dating. to see yeah. if yeah. there's a specific time that works best for people. Because if like maybe there's there is a sweet spot at some point earlier on a Sunday. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll put that out there for you guys. Yeah. So from Brian, Elliot, and I, thank you for listening to episode 66. We will see you and hear from you on Twitter at Level Flight WPG, and we will see you Thursday. Have a great week, everyone, and enjoy the game Wednesday night. See ya. Peace. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network.